May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I think I might have shared with you in the past my rather unorthodox way of preparing for a sermon, which is basically that I read the readings over and over and over again, waiting for some particular part of the reading to speak to me and tell me this is what you need to talk about. And for today's lessons, as I read and read, what jumped out at me is from Isaiah. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. And I think that those words of Isaiah need to be our words, that we too are challenged to be those who will not keep silent, who cannot keep silent. As Christians, as ones who just have celebrated the birth of our Lord, who chose to come into this world as one of us, we cannot keep silent when we look around our world and see that those who are meant to lead us use hate to divide us, when we look around our world and see our planet dying in so many places, when we look around our world and see the gap between the very wealthy and the rest of our our world, growing ever wider, when we see that divisions are stoked simply to give power to those who stoke them. We cannot be silent. We cannot be silent because we say we believe that our God so loved the world that our God came to be born as one of us in this world. We cannot be silent because our silence says that we don't care. Or even worse, that we support all that is going on around us. And our silence reflects not just on us, it reflects not just on our communities and our families, our silence reflects on our God. That if we choose not to speak in the face of injustice and oppression, then we are telling the world that our God doesn't care. Because we, as the church, claim and call ourselves the body of Christ. So our silence 
we make the silence of Christ. And our Christ was never silent in the face of suffering. Our Christ stood always with those on the margins. So we, like Isaiah, have a fire in us that will not allow us to be silent until this world is the world that our God first dreamed in creation. And when I say we cannot be silent, I don't mean just simply that we will continue to preach words of challenge, words of encouragement, but that we cannot be silent even when we leave this place. Maybe even more when we leave this place. We cannot come into this beautiful, sanctified space and feel fed and feel empowered and feel encouraged and feel challenged and then simply walk out of those doors and pretend we do not see the evil that we do on the outside world. We, as a cathedral parish, have said we take upon ourselves a spirit of koinonia, a spirit of connection, of community through the Holy Spirit. And we have said that this spirit of koinonia plays out in the outside world in our commitment to justice and racial equity. And over the last year, we as a Cornelia committee have tried to put on different ways to make Cornelia a part, a full part of every member of this parish. And today we had originally planned to carry on that work with a conversation around Ta-Nehisi Coates' article on reparations. Now, maybe this country will never come to the place where it accepts to pay reparations to the descendants of slaves. But that should not make us silent that we as the body of Christ must speak out and say that the injustice, the inequality that exists in this country today between black and white can be traced directly to slavery and the discrimination that followed. And we must speak until this country faces 
its history fully and is therefore vindicated. Just as part of that Konania process, I have been reading a book called Dying of Whiteness. And this book looks at the ways in which those divisions that have been made between white people and people of color and immigrants in trying to build a political base and looks at how those divisions have caused policies around healthcare, around gun control, around taxation that are seen by many poor white people as being a way of making sure that people of color do not overtake them. And yet the research that this book is based on shows that all of those policies, yes, impact people of color, but they also impact the very poor white people who are being told that this is done to protect your privilege in this country. And one story that stood out for me in, in this book was the author's conversation with a white man in Tennessee who had no health insurance and was dying of an illness that could be healed if treated properly. And when the author asked him, but you know, if you had supported Obamacare, the expansion of Medicaid here in Tennessee, you would have had access to health care. And the man replied that he didn't want to give those people anything for free. We cannot be silent when people in our community are being told to hate, are being told to keep stuff from others, even at a cost of their own very lives. Because we, like Isaiah, like John, are those who have been sent into the world to tell the world of the light from God, the light that enlightens all. We have been sent, like Isaiah, like John, to prepare a way for our God in the hearts of God's people. We cannot be silent because our world stands in desperate need of God's love. And the only way that God has to show God's love is through us. We who claim we are the body of Christ. We who say that we walk in Christ's light, 
We who say we have been saved, we who say we are waiting our new name, the name that God will give us when all of creation stands before our Savior and worships and celebrates. We cannot be silent until God's world is vindicated, until our world is saved. Amen.